Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, a collective of interviews with top female entrepreneurs from around the globe who have done it their way. These women are disruptors, savvy, courageous, confident, innovative, decisive, unconventional, and humble. Our ladies have proven business models, have taken risks, and have failed only for success to follow. Join us as they share their stories, behaviors, habits, mindset, thought processes, and what it is like to be a woman in this business. And now, here's your host, Amanda Bolin. Hey, what's up, She Did It Her Way listeners? It is your host, Amanda Bolin, and I am with Miss Anise Cavanaugh, and we are checking back in. And Miss Anise, or I'll just, I'll just call you Anise uh, <laughs> to make it easier, but Anise came on the show. She is all about the energy that we're putting, putting out into this world and then also how to manage our energy to be more effective in our day-to-day life. So if you guys missed the full interview, you definitely want to check that out. But we've got Anise for our mini check-in. So what's going on, Anise? Hi, Amanda. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, well, we're excited because you've got all these tidbits about how to be more energetically present. (laughs) And so tell us what's been going on. What have you been up to? And then just share little nuggets of knowledge with our listeners. Sure, absolutely. Okay, so the newest thing since we spoke last is when I talked to you earlier this year, we were working, I was working on the book and the book comes out two weeks from today. So it is done. It is cooked. It is. I'm waiting. I'm literally waiting for my copies today. They're supposed to arrive um, to my home. But uh, the book is Contagious Culture, Show Up, Set the Tone, and Intentionally Create an Organization that Thrives. Mm. And it completed. It's done. So bingo, that's been, bingo, bongo, dunzo. Bingo, bango, bongo, dunzo, bam. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, bam. Like it, so that, that has taken up a huge chunk of my time and intention and energy this year. Um, and then like other things that were really fun is we took this work global over the last 18 months. We took it to Singapore, Tokyo, Shanghai, London. Um, we had it taught in Spanish, which was really, really interesting. I actually had a facilitator come in and translate all the content into Spanish and then oh lead it. I know it was amazing. She- Wait, so you physically went to all those places? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's not a bad gig at all. No, that does not suck. No, it was amazing. It was, um, it was so great. It was so fun because I was really fortunate. I had a really uh, great, amazing, amazing, amazing clients and they wanted to take this work over there. And so got to go over and really try this on and see, you know, how does it translate into different cultural, um, you know, cultural needs and cultural setups and stuff. And it totally does because we're all human. So, um, so that was really fun. So those are kind of some of the big things. Like the company went global. The book got finished. Um, I moved. Like just like lots of really awesome stuff in the last year, especially since we talked. Oh, I love so, it. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. What else? Yeah. Um, what else? Well, let's see. So heavy on my mind right now. We're, well, we're heading into stewardship. So I realize you, you will so appreciate this. Um, I just remember some of the conversation you and I had even offline last time is, you know, I realized there's only so much that we can do. And if we're taking care of ourselves and if we're being really intentional, if we're going to have our best energy and our best presence and all the things that I'm out there talking about, we have to make sure that we're really, really, really setting ourselves up well. So um, one of the things that I've done to do that for myself is we're going to be launching the stewardship program next year, um, starting in quarter one of 2016, which I cannot believe is right around the corner. And, um, and basically I'm handing this work over now and teaching other people and organizations how to lead it inside their company so that I can basically get out of the way. 
um, and continue to grow it and continue to write about it and continue to make it better and better. But um, that that's a big deal. Like that's after prototyping this for a couple of years and really playing with different ways of doing it and having different practitioners playing with it and then having it actually taught and facilitated in Spanish, it was kind of like my big gift this year to go, okay, it's ready to go. So that's huge. Um, it's huge. So, it is huge. Yeah. And I, oh my gosh, that reminds me of Donald Trump's when he's like, it's going to be huge. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so just to make sure, because you, you've crafted, you've worked on this this um, program that you have for the past two years and now you're taking it to the level where you've almost got it in this box that you can go and teach other organizations on how they can have their people show up energetic in an energetically present way. Is that correct? Yeah, pretty much. It's, um, you know, so it's so funny because this work has been building for the last, this is my body of work that I've been building. I mean, since I was, I feel like since I was like 10, but, um, <laughs> but, but, you know, the, the work really started to get built out in 2007 and then it's just grown and grown and grown. And then in the last couple of years, um, we started to really play with, you know, launching it more with stewardship inside organizations, like really prototyping it. Yeah. And so now that that's in the box, that's ready to roll. The other thing that we did this year that was exciting was we launched IEP school. So there's an online school now that people can go on. They never have to meet me. So I completely don't bottleneck the process. And um, they never have to meet me. They can go on. They can purchase it. They can get it for their companies. Um, and so everything, like we basically, Amanda, we basically have had all this really great stuff building over the last, I would say, really since 2007, 2009, 2011. Those were really big years for making decisions. And now it's um, like now, now it's the last decision was, okay, does it feel like it's ready for me to kind of get out of the way so that other people can really run with it? And the answer was, yes, it feels like it. So yeah, that's super exciting. That's plan. Yeah. So how does that change then too? Because, uh, in this capacity where before it was Anise Kavanaugh going out and delivering this type of, um, training or program. And now you, how do you, instead of now pitching yourself, you're pitching the program, right? Um, kind of, it? yeah, it's a great, it's a, such a great question. It's such a great question. And a caveat being that we're still kind of mapping out exactly what the licensing is going to look like. So, um, I don't have that perfectly phrased yet. However, what, so I'll continue to be out there leading it and I'll continue to be out there speaking about it and writing about it and doing all these different things. Um, but I'm a making machine. So every time I make something like I get 10 more ideas to do something different. And so I'll just, I, I want to create more space in my life to keep making the work better. And then the, you know, there will be the core company, which is still an Ace Kavanaugh, but we'll now have it so that companies are sending people to me. And then those companies will have this process, the IEP method inside the company that they can use in their own way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. And then, so if our listeners are listening and this is the first time that they're ever yeah. they're like, who's in Miss Denise Kavanaugh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to give them a little tidbit about the IEP and, yeah. and then we'll share some maybe tidbits again as reminders about... Yeah how to maintain a high level of energy and, and presence. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. So IEP, I was just, you just read my mind. I was thinking, I'm going, okay, none of these people are going to know what this means. They're like, who cares? She's stewarding it. Like, what is she stewarding? Yeah. Um, okay. So IEP stands for intentional energetic presence. And the whole point around it is just, it's basically how we show up in the world and how we show up for people around us in our leadership. And then also how we show up for ourselves. So what typically happens is when people come to me or to my team, they're coming because they need help. They think that they need help with their leadership skills. They need to be better at communication and feedback, all these different pieces. 
And that's really, really important. But what we found is that if their IEP, if their intention, their energy, and their presence are not in the right place, if they're not taking care of themselves, if they're burning out, if they're coming from a state of blame or from any kind of emotional, mental state that's not serving their leadership or what they're trying to do, that no matter how great their skills are or how brilliant they are or how many PhDs they have, it doesn't matter. I mean, it it matters. You know, like They'll still create impact, but they're leaving a ton of opportunity on the table. And a lot of times they're actually making it worse. Um, they're actually what I call leaving dead bodies behind. Yeah. Right? I was just going to say, I know I love that phrase about are you are they leaving dead bodies? After. <laughs> right? Because everybody listening to this has had the experience of somebody who's really, really brilliant. Um, and maybe they're a top performer in the company. They're like a really talented designer or they're, you know, whatever. They're super, super amazing. But they, when they're with them, like they don't feel better for being around them. The, the person ha- creates a lot of impact, but they leave, you know, I call it leaving dead bodies behind because the people that they're leaving behind, like they don't really want to be following them. They're following them because they have to, because it's a job, because they're giving you a paycheck versus they feel really inspired because the way that the person shows up is so intentional and present to the people that they're leading that that's the thing that's inspiring them. Mm-hmm. So it's just, that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of what this work is about. And the other piece the reason why I started this work in the first place was actually because while I'm really good at working with companies around leadership and collaboration and culture change and all those different things, the thing that I really care about at the end of the day is that we are showing up for ourselves and that we're feeling really, really good. So there's a huge part of the IEP method, which is around a person's self-care and their mental models and how they're allowing themselves emotional authenticity and the kind of tribe they're surrounding themselves with. So it's just, um, it's a very holistic approach to looking at how do we show up our best for people in the world while we take really good care of ourselves so that we're super, super sustainable and awesome. Yeah. Well, we need to be sustainable and awesome to put out awesome stuff in the world. Okay. What, um, what are two questions that our listeners can ask themselves about are they taking good care? Like how do they know that they're taking right. good care or how do they know they're managing their energy appropriately and being so intentional? So great. So the first question I automatically think of is a question, um, look at your physical environment and ask yourself the question, is your physical and environmental energy supporting you? Are you setting yourselves up so that your physical environment really, really supports you? So places to look are, um, it's going to sound really funny, but how clean is your closet? How well organized and intentional is your pantry? The food that you're putting in your grocery shopping kit um, or cart, uh, you know, the meetings that you're planning, uh, your meetings, simple things as if you're going meeting to meeting back to back to back to back to back and you're not giving yourself any time to breathe or reboot or get intentional for the next meeting, your environment is not supporting you. So what are the littlest things that you can start doing that are going to help set yourself up for success so you have a little bit more space for self-care? Mm-hmm. So so some examples would be like um, I've had clients take meetings from 60 minutes down to 50 minutes instead. So they have a 10-minute reboot time and then they have agreements organizationally. They have agreements like, okay, we're going to start at 1 o'clock and if you're late, we're not catching you up. Like everyone be on time. But they've built in those 10 minutes so that you know, that's just become a cultural norm where it's like, okay, we know that we've got 10 minutes to reboot and really get our head in the right place and take care of ourselves so we can be fully present for this next meeting. Mm. So that's, yeah. So little things like that. Yeah. You were, when you said the physical world, the one thing that came to mind was the cabinet and the apartment that I live in, the plastic Tupperware yeah. cabinet. I'm like, yes. oh. Girl, that I gotta get that physically in order. Okay, it's you know it's it, well it's and it's so crazy because it's just little things like that. Like you change you change that cabinet, Amanda. You change one thing, you can change your life. I swear because I know. 
the little, little things like everyone listening to this, look at, you know, your food. I mean, another, you asked for two questions. Another question is, are you buying into the mindset of busy? Are you buying into the mindset of, oh, it's after lunch. I'm supposed to be in a slump. Like what is, what are the stories that you're telling yourself and where are they coming from? Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you start to look at, okay, wow. I mean, I see this all the time. I, for some reason lately, the last couple of times I've um, spoke, they always put me right after lunch, always put me right after lunch. And, um, it's just so interesting because you, I come in and, and people got that, that post lunch, yeah. you know, opposite of the glow. right? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and there's this belief in the room that they're supposed to be tired because culture, we talk about the two o'clock slump and it's after lunch and blah, blah, blah. That to me is a huge story. So there's two places to look. One is what did you eat for lunch? Is the food that you're eating is what you're putting in your body really, really supporting you so that you feel amazing? Or are you noticing that after lunch or after you eat, you feel really exhausted? That That's a huge high leverage place to look. And then the second thing is, is after lunch, are you really tired mm-hmm. or are you just kind of building into it? Cause it's a, it's a cultural norm that we've created. Totally. So totally. just things like that. It's just little things like looking at, all right, what's my intention? What's the energy I'm bringing? How am I taking care of myself and how am I showing up? Yes. I, I love talking to you because every time I get off, I'm always, or like get off the, the call, I'm like, Oh, I got so much energy. It's amazing. <laughs> so, well, Anise, anything, any last tidbits or anything else you want to share with the audience before we wrap up? Yeah, well, here's what I will share because I am in like full go full go mode with this. But the Contagious Culture book, it comes out on the 16th. Um, it has, Amanda, you will die. It has, the original manuscript was supposed to be like 60,000 words and it ended up being 72,000. And I won't even tell, I won't even tell you how many I submitted. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I went to my publisher and I said, look, I, you know, you want 60, that's great. I could totally do 60. I'm going to give you some extra because I don't know where to cut. And they came back and they said, Anise, we don't even know where to cut on this. So we, we ended up cutting my original submission down to 72,000 words. So my point being, there is so much content in that book. There's the book builds on your basics of showing up and what that actually means to you, you know, not to the rest of the world, but to you. Then it looks into your own IEP and building your best intentional energetic presence that you can build personally. Then it goes into leadership skills. Then it looks at your team and then it looks at your culture as a whole. So oh my gosh. For, for any, it's, it's, I'm really excited about it because there's so many tools and they're tools that the last couple of times I've spoken or gone and worked with groups, literally, I'm sitting there and they're going, well, what about this? I go, oh, that's chapter 14. Oh, what about this? Oh, that's section eight. Like, so my point being, there is no loss of content in that book. And the stuff that we're talking about, we're just skimming the surface. So the invitation would be truly from the bottom of my heart, like grab a copy of that book and dive into it and use it as your personal best friend on looking at how do you take really good care of yourself so you can go kick ass in the world. Can I say ass on this? No, you You, totally can. Okay. I was going to say you can bleep me out. I think you can. Maybe we'll be, I don't know. We got to check. I, yeah, sure. Let's go with it. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're totally fine. No, I love it. So we'll make sure to put that in any of the notes and make sure that we get it pushed out to you guys as a listener so you guys can see for yourself where you can go to find that. But, Anise, thank you so much for your time and energy this morning. I'm excited. So keep in touch, and then we'll, uh, yeah, we'll just have a fantastic day. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone, have fun. Bye. Bye. Hey there, listeners. Make sure you guys stay tuned for the full episode coming up next. Okay, happy Monday, folks. It is your host, Amanda Bullen of the She Did It Her Way podcast. And today, 
I know I say this every week, but I, I just, I get more, I, every week I'm just so excited about who we're bringing on the show. And today I've got, I've asked Anise Kavanaugh who does the IEP method, which is intentional energetic presence. And she's going to share with us what and how our energy and our presence all play into everything in that which we do, whether you're in corporate America or you are as an entrepreneur, but things to look out for and just overall talking about energy and its impact in our lives today. So without further ado, Anise, welcome to the show. Hi, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yes. Well, we yeah. are just excited and delighted that you are coming on the show. So tell us a little bit, what, um, what are you most excited about today? Okay. Today I am most excited about the fact that I've got a book coming out this fall and we're almost done with the edits. So I'm really excited about that. Fantastic. And we've got a live event coming in June and IEP school is open. So there's a ton of stuff that I'm like bursting out of my seams about. And I'm really excited to be on the call with you too. So it's like, just it's a good Monday. It's a really Yay. good Monday. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's a really juicy Monday. Yeah. Oh, I love how you, <laughs> the juicy Monday. It is, that, those are the best Mondays. So I, know. Okay. I actually love Mondays. I love Mondays. Most people don't. I love them. Oh my, no wonder. I love it because no wonder why you talk about energy and you just are pouring with such positive energy. So, okay. Tell us, and in your own words, I mean, just tell us what is it that you are, that you do and how you work with energy and give us the story about how you got into this. Sure. Um, absolutely. So in the energy work, it's the name that we gave it or that I gave it a couple of years ago is intentional energetic presence. And it, uh, we created, I, I realized that long story short, I've been working with organizations for the last, oh gosh, like 20 years, but really on my own and really, um, diving into it over the last 12 years. And um, what I do with organizations and small companies, entrepreneurs, like all the just basically business leaders is work with them around their organizational culture, how they collaborate, um, the quality of their leadership, their presence, like all these different pieces. And um, my original background was in kinesiology. I used to work with athletes and um, realized that I loved working with the athletes, but it wasn't because I loved it that they went out and won the game. What I actually loved was what happened when the athletes were in really, really great physical shape, when their mind and their body and their spirit and their heart and their teammanship was all in alignment. I loved what happened from that and how happy they were versus them actually winning the game. And mm. the funny thing is, is that, you know, of course, and, and I found the same to be true when I moved into working with organizations was, you know, of course, I want the company to win and to have great revenue and build great products and everything. But I find that that's a side effect if the energy and the intention and the presence of all the players are, are in alignment. So um, years ago, I started to build a leadership model because I felt like one of the components that was missing from leadership was this piece around energy. You know, and I would literally have people ask me to come in and work with them or they'd hire, okay, I want to work on my leadership and I want, you know, I want to build a really great culture and I want to you know, have more influence. But, oh, you know, I don't really want to talk about the energy stuff or the vibration or anything like that because that's the soft stuff. And the funny thing was is that that soft stuff is actually what made them more powerful as leaders. Mm. So... Yeah, so I created a methodology out of it, um, really started diving into it in about 2007, and it's just been growing ever since, and it's called the IEP method now. That's incredible that you developed your own, just the method around what you've been teaching, but okay, tell us more. So you went from working with athletes and yeah. transitioning, I mean, what was your first, like, what was that like? Because you didn't all of a sudden, or maybe, maybe you did, but I'm, I'm picturing that you're one day working with an athlete to the next day, then you're talking to people about 
their intention and the energy and the presence. Like, how did you make that <laughs> leap to know, like, how did you get educated yeah. on to say, like, it really is P- the leader's presence and just the yeah. individual and the entrepreneur? Yeah. Well, it involved a lot of post-its, a Dodge Durango, a 15-year-old, a 15-year-old taking a nap and some big decisions. So what happened was I was doing this work in, you know, working with athletes. And then I, let's see, I got I always have to like rethink my timeline, but basically I was doing that. Then I went and I worked in corporate America. I was working for a really big company and doing health and productivity work. So I was still in the wellness industry. And, um, and then I had my first child. And at the time when I had my first child, I was um, working in heart disease prevention. I, I'd actually, if I just take one step back, I'd actually taken a couple other pathways. So I worked with the athletes. I decided that I didn't want to be taping feet for the rest of my life. Like as much as I loved them, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, I, I got to do more than wrapping the feet and getting them out there. So um, I moved into preventative health and I went and I worked in cardiac rehab and I found that that really frustrated me. I, I figured I'd be really frustrated my whole life because so much of the stuff that people came into, the the interventions we had to make, they would have been preventable if they would have, you know, had a little bit of support on the back end or taken better care of themselves. So I, yeah, but I didn't want to do, um, I didn't want to do uh, reactive health. And so then I started working with corporate America and doing health and productivity inside organizations. And then I loved that, but I had my first baby and um, basically took about a year off, decided that I never wanted to work for anybody again. I was pretty much devoted to peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and just being home with this little guy for the rest of my life. And um, that lasted until he was about 12, 14 months old. And I was sitting in the front seat of my Dodge Durango and I was waiting for him to wake up so I could go get a workout in. Mm. And I started thinking, um, you know, I was at this point where I love this kid, like <laughs> so more than air. And I was really missing myself. I was really missing my work. I was really missing having an impact like out there with adults so I started to think about, you know, what if I started to basically dream and do what I call, you know, what is now, you know, what people know as visioning. I started to think about if I could do anything I wanted to do, like what would the perfect job be, the J-O-B. And I started to map out on Post-its, you know, what the different things I'd Okay, and what would, what would be worth me being away from my little guy, um, you know, a significant amount of time in order to do it. And basically that's where I created this job. And then I went, well, wait a second, what does that look like if that's a company? So I created a company out of it and then the rest is history and it just kind of unfolded from there. That's incredible. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So tell us then with this IEP method, Yeah. give us some background about energy and being intentional and really what is presence. And then we can dive into more about what does it look like when we're not present and we don't mm. have the energy aligned? And then what does it look like or feel like when it is aligned? Mm, nice. Um, nice. So if you, if you break, if you break IEP down, it's intention, it's your energy and it's your presence. So you can look at it, you can look at it, those three components separate, or you can just look at it as your intentional energetic presence. And both of them are really meaningful. So intentional energetic presence is I walk into a room and before I even walk in, I'm setting an intention. I want to show up, how I want to feel, um, what I want the people's experience of me to be in that room. Um, I'm just, I'm basically, I'm just being really conscious to how I show up. And then if I take the intention, energy, and presence, and I separate those out, you know, intention is just setting an intention for anything. So it could be, you know, for you and I today, this conversation, I have intentions around this conversation, right? You have intentions around the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a conversation with your child. It could be a conversation for your board meeting. It could be, you know, just what are your, what do you want to create? That's your intention. 
And then your energy is how do you take care of yourself so you feel really, really good? Um, you know, that you feel really good, that you show up in a really nice way, that you're not burnt out because we have so many people right now that are out there. <laughs> that you is, know? no, that's so funny you say that because as you're talking, I literally wrote, I'm like, I'm going to ask her how to avoid burnout and what does yeah. that look like? So we'll talk about that. <laughs> oh, please. Yeah. Oh, please. I'm on, I'm on a mission around the burnout thing. Cause I, I, we've got so many people out there that are creating amazing impact, but they're exhausted. So the energy piece is really, really important. And then the presence piece is just basically how do I show up? And I think about presence in a couple different ways. I, I know some people think of presence as stage presence or charisma or being present in the moment or meditation or, you know, all these different, there's so many different ways to think about it. And I kind of think about it as all of the above. So how present am I to you right now in this moment? Where's my attention? Um, I, you know, hopefully if I'm present, it's right here. Um, how present am I to the circumstances of my life right now? Like how truthful am I being with myself about where I'm at in my life? You know, if there's something that's painful going on, am I being really authentic about that? If my business is having a killer month, am I being, am I fully celebrating that? If my business is having the worst month ever, am I really looking at that and being in touch with the emotions that would go with that? So, um, you know, and it just, it's just super comprehensive. So the more present I am from the inside out, the more intentional I am and the better I take care of myself the easier it is to put all the IEP together and then to create results. Wow. Okay. Tons of questions out of that. Let's go back to the, the burnout, which I'm sure you see happen quite often. How, how do people avoid it? Or first let's go, what does it look like? Or -hmm. how do you know you're approaching it? (laughs) And then Mm -hmm. (laughs) how do people avoid it? And then how do you prescribe it and, and go back? Yeah. Okay, oh, I love your question. We could probably do this. we could probably talk for eight hours. I can feel I know. This one of those interviews. Um, okay, so here's how I feel about burnout. So I, I see it all the time. So here's we have this huge epidemic going on right now. We basically have um, people, like I said earlier, who are creating great impact, but their health is suffering, their relationships are suffering, they're exhausted. You know, it's just like it's not sustainable. Then we have people who take really, really great care of themselves. You know, their chakras are all really great. Um, however, they're not able to create impact for whatever reason. They're just not creating the right kind of impact. And then we have people who maybe are creating impact and they're taking good care of themselves, but they leave dead, dead bodies everywhere they go. They're not handling the actual people and relationship component. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, well, expand a little bit more in the dead body part. Yeah. The dead body is basically, and these are the calls that I usually get when people want to work with me privately is, you know, I'll get a call saying, oh my gosh, I'm a top performer in my company or my company's jamming or my, you know, like, um, like what we just had our best year ever. However, um, I'm not having the impact I want, or I'm not getting where I want to go fast enough. Um, can you, you know, like what's happening And nine times out of 10, it has to do with their IEP and the impact they're having on people around them. Nice. So for example, I met a CEO a couple of years ago who he, um, his company was on the Inc 500 list. They were actually in the top 300. They were killing it. Um, and so he had great impact. They were making great business results. He actually took really good care of himself. He actually had like instituted, you know, employee gym memberships and like all this, you know, they had really good like food on site and everything. However, um, his people were terrified of him. And the way that he led was by fear and domination versus giving his people a place to step into. And so um, what I think of, I call it leaving dead bodies behind. Like you're leading, but your people aren't actually following you because they want to follow you. They're following you because you're giving them a paycheck and they're afraid and you know, whatever it might be. So leaving oh, dead bodies yeah. is basically bad impact. Okay. 
making people feel like crap. So this doesn't address your burnout, but it actually starts to, because what happens is what I find with burnout is that it's not, it's, I believe and my experience of it is that it's not always because somebody is working really hard and burning the candle at both ends. That definitely has a play in it. Um, you know, food, nutrition, all that. Sure. If you're not taking care of yourself, absolutely. You're more prone to burnout. But I, Amanda, I actually see that people burn out more often when they get disconnected to purpose and they get disconnected to their presence and what's actually happening. So we, we're moving so fast right now and people are just so busy, 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 right? Which is another, oh, yeah. <laughs> another rant of mine, which if you've seen me speak or heard any of my stuff, like you've heard how I feel about the word busy. But, um, you know, we're so, we're <laughs> yeah. so quote unquote busy. It's become this badge of honor that we're moving so fast that people lose connection to presence and they lose connection to the purpose of why they're doing what that actually is what I find creates more burnout. So the, you, you see people lose connection to what, okay. What is the first step? I mean, for example, like I can tell when yeah. I'm present and I, yeah. can t- and I can tell when I'm in the flow and then I try to take a step back that if for one month I'm present with what I'm doing and things are on and just everything's coming to me. And then the next month it's almost, I can be with someone, but I know that I'm not fully present. And then I try to take a step back and I'm like, well, what's changed? Yeah. And so in your experience and maybe for for the listeners out there that are listening is what tends to be maybe a typical switch or something that happens that is that first step that you're like that you yeah. become not present yeah that's so great um i think i i think the broadest answer i could give to that would be um it's a, it's an accumulation so it's an accumulation of present moments missed so for example you have that gorgeous month and everything feels right on and zooming and everything my taking time during that month to kind of reboot, take care of yourself, celebrate what's happening so that you're present throughout versus, um, or are you moving from that great month and then just into the next month or into the next project and you're not actually taking that time to breathe and give yourself some downtime? Mm. Because that's, because think about it for any, anybody that's listening to this and for you and I both, right? Think about a time when you were super, super, you know, quote unquote busy, or as I like to call it, richly <laughs> scheduled. Um, Wait, what do you which, call it? Richly scheduled. <laughs> okay. I love that. Continue. <laughs> Take it. Steal it. Use it. Richly, richly scheduled, well used. And whatever floats your boat is, that's going to get you by like the physiological response to busy. If you, if you, for all your listeners, if you guys don't like being busy and you want to change, like just change your language a little bit. And if you love being busy and you're getting a ton of, of fuel out of it, then I'll leave you alone. But you just want to look like what is your relationship to that? Because that, that leads to burnout, right? The stories that we tell about busy lead to burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and again, here's where you and I could go down a rabbit hole. Um, so if we come back, so the, the, so think about your, your super, super richly scheduled. You've got a million things going on. However, you feel energized on purpose, tons of energy, and you kind of like go, wow, I don't know how I'm doing what I'm doing, but you're just in the flow, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. You experience this? Oh, might have recently happened, but can continue. Oh, might, might, might be happening right now today in this moment. Yeah. <laughs> yes, totally. Um, so, so you have that. Then you have um, somebody who, you know, maybe they're not as busy and they're working their J-O-B and they're punching the clock maybe and they're like nine to five and... Um, they actually have a lot more time. However, they feel really, really burnt out. Mm. And so the question is, what's the, what's the difference? You know, what's the difference? You've got someone who's on purpose. They're, they're well-fueled. They're taking care of themselves. They're jamming along. And they should be burning out by all definitions of traditional burnout because they're doing so much. But they're lit up. They're on fire. Then you take that person who's got a lot of, 
you know, maybe he's disconnected to purpose. Maybe he's not doing work that is really meaningful to him. Maybe he's not loving the content. Like his relationships are suffering, but he has a ton of time, but he's totally burnt out. And to me, that boils down, if we keep unfolding and peeling back the, the onion, um, to me, that really often boils down to the quality of your relationship with yourself, the quality of your connection to your purpose, the quality of how present you are, um, the kind of support that you have in your life. Mm. More, than, more than not eating enough fruits and vegetables or getting enough sleep. Sure. So, yeah. so how is that, and I'm, I'm echoing, can you hear that? Uh, no, actually, oh, okay. I can't. Uh-uh. Sorry about that. If you guys, no, no, you're fine. Okay, it's okay. probably just a surge. It's probably just a surge in energy. I, I always imagine that when we do these interviews on Skype or Hangouts, that if there's something funky, it's just we're hitting something really important. Yeah, like okay, let me give you a little zap. <laughs> Bring it in. So what? I and I this might be kind of all over, but what? I just what are some things people can do to be uh-huh. present and to start getting back their energy? Like what are some checks yeah. that they need to, they need to do with themselves? Absolutely. Let me, uh, well here, I, I think it'll probably be helpful. Let me give you the model on, on how it works from, let me, can I do that? Yeah. Let's do that. And we'll Let's come back. Do that. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So if you look at the IEP method and they can, your, your listeners can get a ton of stuff on my website. I'll give it to you later, but they can get a ton of stuff for free. We've got presence guides and survival kits and downloads and like all sorts of stuff. So they're welcome to any of that, obviously. But if you look at the IEP method in itself is, is there's three primary components. The first is your ability to reboot your presence in a moment. So for example, I'm walking into a meeting, I'm in a really bad mood. Um, I've got to go in and lead my team, but I don't exactly have the luxury of going in there and being, I mean, I could go in there and be a total pill, but it's not going to really get me good impact. Right. So I've got to reboot my presence in a way that's authentic. Cause if I fake it and walk in there, they're going to sense it on some level, even if they don't totally know what's up, they're going to sense it. So the number one, the, the first thing in IP method is being able to reboot your presence in a moment. And we actually have like a, a, um, a presence reboot that we do with people. The second thing is being able to, to create intentional impact. And we have like a five-step model to creating intentional impact and getting really clear of, you know, basically what are the outcomes I want? How do I want people to feel emotionally? How do I have to show up? You know, what do I have to believe and what do I have to do? So there's, there's create intentional impact. And then the third thing is, and this is happening all the time, which is building a really strong energetic field um, and a really strong IEP foundation. So the presence reboot happens in the second. I could do that over and over again while you and I are on this call. The five steps to you know, creating intentional impact, that happens you know, at the beginning of this call. Before I even get on with you, I'm thinking about what do I want, this, what, what do I want my impact to be here. The foundation, which is what lays underneath all of it and is what's going to make it easier for me to do those other two things, is how I take care of myself. Um, you know, the food I put in my body, uh, my exercise, my sleep, my environment, you know, what I surround myself with. Um, it also includes things like how I am to my core values. Um, you know, the purpose we were talking about purpose, the vision, where I want to go, uh, my mental and emotional energy. How will I take care of that? You know, like uh, my, um, the assumptions I'm making, the beliefs I'm holding, the requests I'm making or the complaints, um, we look at your vibrational presence. We look at your relational dynamics. So there's all these different pieces that are happening in terms of energy and presence that are constantly impacting how you show up with the world that we're not even conscious of. And the stronger, the more we do taking care of them, building that foundation, the easier it is for us to feel great internally, but then also to authentically have positive presence externally. Mm-hmm. 
Does that make sense? Yes. So there's, so there's a lot. So, so you said, you know, like what is, what is something basic someone can do? I mean, I always like to come back to the basic basics, which is just focusing on my breath. So just literally stopping and going, okay, wait a second. I'm moving a million miles a minute. My head is not really connected to my body. So let me just actually think about where my butt is hitting the seat because that will get you present instantly. I mean, it's a really silly thing, but it really is true. Like for any of you guys listening to this, it's just, just you're in your next meeting, you're with your team, you're, you know, about to write an article, you're doing whatever you're going to do. And you just notice like, okay, where's my butt right now? My butt hitting the chair, my feet hitting the ground, my breath. So just that's getting present to the moment. The um, other piece is noticing, all right, what's the relationship I have with whatever I'm working on? So, um, an example that, you know, we just came through tax time and I had somebody, I was speaking and somebody's like, oh yeah, well, it's great to have a positive IEP about everything else, but what about taxes? You know, I don't know. I have to file taxes. I don't want to do taxes. And he was like going on and on about taxes. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. That's an interesting relationship you have with paying taxes. Because if you, you could look at that differently, you could shift your frame around like, wow, I'm paying taxes. That means I actually made money this year. Or, wow, I'm paying taxes. This is my way to contributing back. Or, wow, I'm paying taxes. I hate paying taxes. Hmm, maybe I need a bigger support team or a better accountant or somebody that can actually take some of this off the plate for me. But, but it's making a choice in that moment to what is my presence in relationship to taxes, in relationship to my child, in relationship to my board of directors, in relationship to this um, task that I love doing or I don't love doing it, in relationship to food. You know, so it's just constantly checking back without it being a big job to constantly check back. Because when I say that, I realize that sounds really um, daunting sometimes. But it's just being conscious of, oh, my body feels really great. I feel in flow. I'm feeling, I'm feeling awesome here. Or, ugh, I've got the ick. What do I have the ick about? What's the relationship I have with my surroundings? Yeah, so I just heard two things come out. Well, the first one, when you're saying you, you feel ick about the surroundings. So let's say someone knows that they're not in flow. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you go about determining exactly what is it that's causing you to be out of flow and then figuring out how do you overcome that? Yeah, that's great. So there's a couple things. One is um, I'm a huge fan of intuition. I think that our intuition is always right. Um, always a hundred percent right. Except for our interpretation is sometimes wrong. Yeah. You know, and so I think that the more present you can get in this moment, if I really get present and I tune into myself, I mean, our bodies, we're, we're like, we're, we got superpowers, you know, and if I really stop, get present and tune into myself and listen to my intuition, it's going to give me a direct, it's going to give me a little bit of something to start pointing me. If, if I am completely overwhelmed and I have not been present and I'm like, you know, just trying to catch up and it's, you know, I'm just, this is like a chronic thing that's happening for me. It's going to take me a little bit longer to get there, but it is an act of discipline to just keep coming back to that presence. So intuition is one. Um, Another thing I'm a big fan of doing is sitting down. And if I'm feeling really icky, I take the IEP model. There's, you know, there's basically, there's four, there's four levels of it. There's um, you in the center, um, which is all about your values and your purpose. We talked about earlier. The next level is your energy and your presence, which is all about your food, your environment, your mental and emotional state, like all these different pieces. There's your, the third level is your competencies. 
and your actual leadership skills, which is how you actually get things done in the world, which we need to have, because if we just walk around being present, we're not going to really get anywhere. So we do need the, we do need the behaviors. These are really important. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth level is the impact I'm trying to have. So if I take that model and sit down, I can look at those four different levels and I can look more specifically at the quadrants and start checking in and going, okay, how connected am I to values and purpose? Oh, interesting. Haven't thought of that in a long time. I might want to look there. Oh, you know what? How am I doing with my food? You know what? I've been eating donuts every single day for the last three weeks. Maybe that's not actually supporting me. And so just going through and looking at you know, my relationships, how are, my, how are the people I'm surrounding myself with? Am I feeling inspired and supported? Do I have a lot of start to just do a quick check going through that model? That can be a diagnostic tool. Start looking a little bit deeper. Hinnies? Yeah. Okay, wait. Can you just quickly repeat the last thing you said? Because I think it cut out. Oh, sure. Uh, which, which piece? How um, far back? The last, you were just recapping on the IEP model. Okay. You want me to do it again? Yeah, and just how it all encompasses and comes together. Sure, absolutely. So, so if I go through, so if I let's just say I'm not sure where I, I call it the ick. I call it the ick and the oomph. So the ick <laughs> is when when you just have that feeling and you don't even know why, but you just know something is off. And I don't know about you, Amanda, but every time I ignore that feeling, it kicks my butt. Like uh, every yeah. time. <laughs> yes. Like, we're talking PhD school of what not to do. We're talking majorly expensive business lessons. We're t- I mean, you ignore the ick, it is going to come for you later. So, mm-hmm. um, and the oomph is like, uh, you know, heck yes, I want this full body. Yes, this feels good to me. It's in flow. So if I come to a point where I'm not feeling present or I've got that ick, I can sit down with the IEP model and I can actually go through each layer in each quadrant and just kind of use it as a diagnostic tool. So for example, in the center, and again, your, your listeners can get this on my site, but in the center, there's the essential you and the essential you is all about how connected am I to my core values? You know, what's truly important to me? Am I honoring, am I in integrity with myself and what's important to me? Um, you know, am I connected to purpose and what fuels me in my life? Like why am I getting out of bed in the morning? If I'm, not connected to why I get out of bed every single morning, the impact I want to have, then I'm leaving a ton of like energetic opportunity on the table. Um, so that's essentially you in the middle. You know, the other thing with the essential you is noticing um, how good am I at holding my space? You know, like we're walking around and, you know, whether you resonate with words like auras and chakras and all that stuff, we're, we're walking around basically in what I think of as an energetic bubble. And that bubble is, is our space. In my bubble, it's my space, my creativity, my dreams, my energy, my hopes, my fears. Um, everything outside the bubble is the rest of the world's to deal with. And so it doesn't mean that I don't have to deal with it. It just means that if I stay grounded in my space and intentional about my space, I get to choose how I want to interact with problems as they come up. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, the, so going back and really looking at um, the essential you and going, okay, how connected am I here? How grounded am I in my space? That right there can give me a lot of information of where I need to spend more time. Um, the next level out we look at is the energy in your presence. And that's where we look at, you know, your physical and environmental energy, you know, how well you're eating, what your environment's like, like things, little things like um, um, your closet. I mean, some of the weirdest and most significant shifts I've seen in people have been when they've gone and cleaned their refrigerator and their pantry and their closet. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up because I yeah. have a couple of questions on that. So when yeah. you, okay, keep going. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll, we'll come back yeah. again, eight hours on the phone. Yes. I know. Um, so, 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 you know, you look at physical and environmental 
mental and emotional. So really looking at, you know, how am I, what am I believing? What are my assumptions? What am I making up about my relationships? You know, the next quadrant is your vibrational energy. How am I actually showing up? You know, that, that can be really interesting. If I am, if I'm feeling, um, burnout, disconnected to purpose, like just, if I've got that ick, sometimes I've got the ick because I'm really not showing up very well in my life and I kind of know it, but I'm kind of hiding out. So vibrational presence, if you look at that and you're really willing to tell yourself the truth, that can be really high leverage, very easy to fix. And then relationship, um, relationship energy, where you really look at the quality of the relationships and how, um, how you're coming to that relationship and how people in your relationships are impacting you. So you want to look just kind of a diagnostic around those four quadrants and how are you doing with each of them and what's one little thing you can do in each area, just one little thing that would help optimize that for you. Just even bring it up. Like if it's a, a 10 and you're finding you're at a four on physical environmental energy, what's one thing you could do that would bring it up to a six. And it might be, I'm going to drink more water. I'm going to clean my closet. You know what? My car is an absolute disaster. And every time I get in it, it stresses me out. Or, uh, you know what? I actually need to clean up my inbox because my inbox has got 18,000 messages in it. And every time I look at it, I feel exhausted. So, you know, just like one little thing. Um, and then from there, you can go into impact. You can go into like the actual skills and, you know, tools. Sometimes if people are feeling out of alignment, it's because they haven't had a conversation they really need to have. They have to give someone feedback, especially this with organizations. Mm. You know, there's an issue around culture creation how they're collaborating, the feedback they need to give. And sometimes they just don't have the skill set. So if we uh, tackle and look at, we use that diagnostic and go, oh, you know what? Actually, you guys aren't having direct conversations around conflict. Here are some tools to do that. Then all of a sudden, they, they get more in alignment and that model works itself out and they can then create the impact they want to have. It is amazing how it all flows. It flows. For everything. And you had mentioned before too, going back to the energy um, and like our, our, our environment and everything. So yeah. what are some things that people can do? Well, first let's talk about some, what are some of the things that people don't even realize that they're, that's impacting their whole energy and aura and space. Yeah. And how do we bring awareness to that for the second? And then the third is what can we do about it just to make some small immediate tweaks? Okay. Um, you cut out on your first one. Um, oh. So, but but I can, what was the first one? Sorry. It, no, you're fine. Um, the first one was, what are things that maybe we're not even aware of that's uh, impacting our space? Oh, great. Okay. Uh, to me, the biggest one there is, uh, okay, there's two. One <laughs> is just, one is just your environment, just sitting there. So I'm sitting at my desk from my office right now. I've got an awesome office. I've got a ton of light, which I really, really love. But I'm just sitting here as I'm answering this question. I'm looking around. I'm realizing I've got like a lot of, uh, I've got a lot of post-its around me right now, which yeah, there's something about post-its and Sharpies that completely turn me on and I feel very energized by them. However, uh-huh. for some people, they'd walk into my office and they'd go, oh my gosh, this is crazy making. So, See, just, that's so funny you said that. And I was like, she's going to say she's overwhelmed because that's how I would feel if I had post-its. But for you, you're like, this energizes me. It's energized. I could send you a picture when we're done here. It's hilarious. Like I'm actually energized. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I know exactly what I'm up to today. I, I feel it, it, it fuels me. So your environment, I wouldn't take that for granted and I wouldn't um, I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is they think that they have to do this in some way. They think that to have perfect IP, they've got to train five days a week at five o'clock in the morning and they've got to eat no carbs. And that, that is not, no, no, no. It is about listening to yourself and listening to what feels good to you in your body, 
what feels good to you in your environment, and then designing your life to support that. So that would be one thing. Um, the other mistake that, oh, the other mistake that people make is more of a mental mistake, which is the stories we tell about energy. So I have people say to me all the time, oh, you're so, so much energy. You're so and right. you're so lucky. You're so lucky you have so much energy. I just don't have that kind of energy. And then I sit down and have lunch with them and I watch them down a big old thing of pasta and a bunch of stuff that is not going to serve their energy. And then they, you know, like, and I'm not making that wrong. That's completely their choice. Like if, if you love pasta, like go for pasta. However, my invitation to you is to notice how does the food that you're eating impact your energy? How does the decisions that you make impact your energy? Um, to me, energy is not something that people just have or don't have. I mean, yeah, sure. Of course there's DNA. And of course there's some people are more, you know, have, they're more hyper than others. Of course, of course, of course. And to me, Amanda, energy is a choice. Mm -hmm. So it is a constant dance of rigor and pleasure and in every moment so the stories is is the mistake like the mistake is like someone else and then the other thing is the stories you tell like even the the two o'clock afternoon like i'll be leading a session and i'll have you know it's so funny because we'll walk in and sometimes the group at two o'clock will be tired Oh yeah, because they just got back from lunch. <laughs> they just got back from lunch. But you know what? That sure that if 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 they've eaten a bunch of like bread and carbs and like a bunch of stuff that's going to give them a ton of brain fog. Yes, of course they're gonna that's going to have an impact on their physiology. And a lot of times it just has to do with the story that we culturally tell that at two o'clock we're supposed to be tired because we just had a big lunch. Right. You know, like just watch the stories, the stories about busy. You know, I've written a couple articles about this that people can find. There's one on my um, blog that's got 10 core reasons why people say that they're busy. And what I have found is busy's become a badge of honor. It's become a default. It's become like the new fine. But the more we tell the story of how busy we are, like, first of all, nobody is inspired by hearing how busy you are. Like nobody's inspired by hearing, you know, like, oh my God, I'm so busy and it's so hard and blah, blah, blah. like that, that's not an energizing conversation. So it, at least in my experience and what I've seen, um, when I've watched it happen, like if you, when I, sometimes when I speak, I'll have the group, um, team up and start talking about how busy they are. And you can see the dynamics of the room start to like go down the tubes. Oh my gosh. What, like what happens? They start to, so, and this happens in culture as well. Like they start to compete for who's busier. They start to like talk about how busy they are. And then the more it goes on, like you literally, you can feel the vibration of those two people or the group of people start to come down because they start to like get into their story in their head of how busy they are. And if you, like if you and I wanted to play with it and I, I don't want to play with this. I don't this know. I was going to say, really I'm great. Like, I don't want to play with that. I don't want to play with it. Right. <laughs> it's but like, I don't you, even want to bring that energy up. <laughs> Uh, right. Exactly. So we'll bring it up real quick and then we'll like release it. But okay. if you, if you and I wanted to like, you know, get into like lower energy right now, we could start talking about how busy we are, how hard some things we, you can take, you can raise, you can, uh, I'm sorry, you can contribute to or detract from an energetic vibration at any time mm -hmm. based upon the story you tell, how you show up and your intentions behind it. And so that's why busy. I'm, I, I realized years ago I was at, at dinner. Oh, you'll appreciate this. I was at dinner with some clients and I had been on an 11 day trip and I had started in San Francisco, went to New York, went through Chicago, came back to San Francisco. And on day nine of the trip, I was feeling awesome. Like I felt really, really well used. It was a rigorous thing. I had planned two days off when I got back just to kind of reboot, watch cartoons with my kids. You know, like I, I had my plan. 
-hmm. And on day nine, I felt amazing. And I was in Chicago and I went to dinner with some clients and um, we were talking about, you know, the trip. And one of the people said to me, he goes, oh my gosh, Denise, you must be so exhausted. You are so busy. And I was sitting there and I can remember, I can even still feel it in my body right now because I remember sitting there and all of a sudden I took that on and I went, oh, you're right. I should be. Mm. I should. And I thought, oh, I should. Like, I'm not supposed to feel energized. I'm supposed to be exhausted. So for the rest of the night, I went back. I talked to a friend of mine that night. I said, oh, I'm so tired. And he goes, Anise, I talked to you this morning. You were doing great. What happened? And the only thing that happened, Amanda, was I took on that other guy's projection of what he thought, what his experience would have been or what he thought the experience should be. So I took that on and um, went to sleep with it, felt tired, felt bad for myself. I'm working so hard. Oh, my gosh. And the next morning, the next morning I got up and I had to go lead the session. And I'm walking to the site and I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. And all of a sudden I went, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. Anise, are you actually tired? Or like, what is your experience? And that was just a quick reboot I needed was just going, wait, actually, how do I feel? Well, look at this. We've had a ton of impact. We've hit a lot of different groups. Um, this is like, I love doing this work. Like what, am I really tired? And it's like, no, I'm not tired. I need a couple of days off when I go home to watch cartoons. But other than that, I feel great. So, you know what I mean? Like look at your, and that's a really long way of saying, look at the stories you tell yourself and just make sure they're your stories. And if you're going to tell stories, make sure that they serve you because that honestly is one of the most energetically exhausting. I mean, you've, we've all been in that conversation with the friend. We all have that friend that no matter what what solution you offer them like oh it's not gonna work I mean, we all have that person in our life or we have um you know yeah it's a, it's a choice it is a choice that is so true how do you when you interact with people can you immediately tell their field mm. or is it more I don't you gotta I don't you know it's such a good that's a good question I feel like oh yes okay so I feel like I've got more ability now to feel it and to interact with it in a way that is healthy for me than I used to, you know, maybe even five years ago, maybe even, maybe even shorter than that, where I was, you know, I'm, I'm, it, all of us were super intuitive, we're more intuitive than we realized, very empathetic. Um, and so, you know, before I would be really sensitive to people's emotions or like if someone was in a really bad mood or their energy was really bad, or even I'm the person who you flip me off when we're in the car and I feel that. Like I get my, like I'd be like, oh, I can't believe he just threw that energy at me. He just like flipped me off. Like I, I still am bothered by that. Um, however, what I find is the more I build my own field and the better I take care of myself and the more I do like my meditation practice and I eat well and I just, I'm conscious, the easier it is for me to walk into a room of people that maybe, you know, I, maybe I'm walking into a room of people that are a bunch of hostages. Like they don't really want to be there. And um, I'm going to go up now and I'm going to work with this group and potentially speaking, like I'm not necessarily welcome there. So that's a lot of negative energy yeah. coming. Like that, that doesn't, and I don't know that that's ever going to feel good. I don't think I'm ever going to say like, Oh man, that's awesome. It's like bathing and just like, you know, <laughs> like people resistance. don't really care what I have to say, but I'm going to present to them what yeah. I'm here for and take it or yeah. leave it. Yeah. And so, you know, so, so I, I can feel that I, I, what I find for myself is that the more I practice my own IEP, the more, I mean, it is a lifelong practice. It's not like you learn it and you're done. It's, it's kind of, I think of it now as brushing your teeth. Like you're doing it at every moment in your life, every moment, this moment and this moment and this moment is a, is a opportunity to contribute either positively or negatively to your own IEP and your own energetic state. And so actually I am about holding my space and being a contribution to people and just 
being true to myself, the, then the easier it is for me to every once in a while when I come across that person who's going to be a hater or, you know, do whatever they're going to do, that the easier it is for me to kind of like just go, okay, got it. And even maybe, maybe even send them a little blessing or something. Yeah. That so. is such, this has been an incredible, I know we could, we could talk for hours. Ever. I know. Um, maybe we might have to do another follow-up or part two, oh, ab- but absolutely. before we wrap up a couple things, one, what is a book that you recommend for our listeners that has been an impact in your practice in your life that you feel is a really good one around energy? Hmm. Okay. Well, is it, I've got a couple for you, but is it completely horrible if I did a shameless plug around the book that we just wrote or that I just wrote about IEP? No, not at <laughs> okay. all. Um, so there's, so my book's coming out this fall, um, actually with McGraw Hill, they're publishing it and it's coming out and the, the working title right now, I believe that this is right, but, and they've told me I'm contagious culture. Um, so that comes out this fall. And honestly, it is the IEP method and how it builds and how it impacts culture at every level, like whether it's the culture inside your head or the culture in your company or the culture in your family. Um, so that's one that if they, you know, if, if, if people hear this, like, and that's out, like grab a copy because it's, it's exciting. Like it's got a lot of good stuff in it. Um, the other one is we've got an IEP survival guide, which they can just pick up. It's a quick, quick read. And then if I get out of um, self-promotion, which I swear I'm not trying to do that. I just want people to know it's available to them. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, some of my favorites are like anything by Brene Brown. I love her. Anything yeah. by Brene Brown. I just, that always makes me feel good. Um, the Arbinger Institute, they're, they've got a couple books. They've got one that's called The Anatomy of Peace, which I just think is a lovely book. I, I invite everyone I know to read it. It's just about creating resistance or responsiveness in your relationships by how you show up and how you regard other people, which I think is so important. Um, Hugh McCloyd, one of my favorites, like Hugh McCloyd, Ignore Everybody. It's one of my favorite books of all time. Um, a really easy read. He's off, he's, he's, it's beautifully done, really easy, and, um, and he's right. <laughs> <laughs> ignore everybody ignore everybody yeah that's right okay <laughs> I might have to go pick that up no I'm kidding yeah um, no definitely. seriously I will definitely look into that and tell it tell our listeners how they can find you or what's oh, sure way. absolutely if they just go to anisecavanaugh.com either anisecavanaugh.com or iepmethod.com those will those will get you to two different sites the anise Kavanaugh is kind of just overall everything that we do and then IEP method is specifically about that body of work, but we're, um, we're doing some uh, makeover facial website stuff. So eventually it's all going to be the same place, but either one of those will get them to where, to me. Awesome. Very yeah. exciting. Well, Anise, thank you so much for your, like just time and energy and excitement and <laughs> the wealth of knowledge. I know I've, t- I've taken away a ton and I'm sure our listeners will as well. So you guys, everything's going to be in the show notes. If you have any questions, you can find the links with Anise as well. So Again, thanks, Anise, for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the She Did It Her Way podcast. Did you like this episode? Head on over to iTunes.com to leave us a rating and a review. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out SheDidItHerWayPodcast.com where you can subscribe to our email list so you can receive the inside scoop on our latest episode released each Monday. Now, do us a favor and go make it a great week.